0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Forks Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host Charles Inferna and what I wanted to to touch base on today is something that uh, I've been uh, looking at the Twitter feeds and and, uh, Facebook and whatnot and there's been a lot of talk uh, recently which is really interesting to me about coach-athlete relationships and how coaches and various levels of Competition, whether it's uh, middle school, high school, varsity, post-collegiate, uh, professional, how they establish relationships, positive working relationships with their athletes. And there's a lot of research, uh, specifically by one of her, uh, specific professor out of uh, England, Sophia Joett, and she is making a career out of publishing and researching and talking about coach-athlete relationships and the tenets. Onto a couple of the uh, Twitter feeds about how, how you're able to, or how coaches uh, uh, develop coach athlete relationships and how they, they listen to trust and buy in from their athletes. So I thought it would be it'd be a nice uh, podcast episode to do that. You now, with, with me, and I kind of talked about it a little bit with, with coaching philosophy, is You now, for most Division three athletes, uh, being there, being part of the team, uh, anything further than competing at the collegiate level, it's probably not going to happen, uh, so sometimes the goals are about um, you know, just being on the team, having fun, trying to hit a specific distance in the shot put or discus or what have you, uh, for others it's a 4.0 or a 3.5 or Graduated with honors and whatnot. but I try and make them part of the process, uh, give them autonomy and empowerment when it comes to that. So try and make it a partnership, 50-50 partnership, um, and I think that helps build the relationship. I, I mean, I've seen it over over the course of my ten years with uh, the athletes. They they take ownership of what we discuss because it's not me telling them. I think your goal should be to throw uh, 30 feet in the shot put this year. Well, that might not be their goal, or that might not be realistic. It might not be a realistic expectation for me to impose what I think um, on the athletes. Uh, So giving them the opportunity to share uh, a little bit about their background, especially if it's an athlete that's on campus and just happens to uh, decide that they want to compete, so uh, they want part of the recruiting process that are part of the recruiting process, Um, I do have those those conversations um, with the athlete and their families as well in regards to, you know, these are our expectations, our schedule is very flexible based on um, the course loads that the athletes have, I they try to be as upfront with them as possible about how it's a partnership, and that yeah, I'm going to be coaching, and I, your, your child is, you know, in my care. together in order to accomplish whatever, whatever our goals might be, uh, so so giving them a little bit of the power in those regards, and also that takes a lot of communication, uh, you have to be open and honest with your athletes, um, it comes back to the accountability piece uh, in regards to what their expectations might be, so for example if there's an athlete that uh, you know, thinks that they're going to be a national champion their freshman year, well it's my job or any coach's job Kind of reel them back a little bit. Uh, if they've only thrown the discus 120 feet, and you know that uh, the national champion the year before threw 185, um, there'd be quite quite a big jump to throw, you know, 60 feet farther than the discus uh, as a as a freshman. Uh, over the course of a career, sure, that's realistic. Uh, but right off the bat, it eh, might not. Doesn't happen too often. I don't know if it's ever happened to be honest with you. But communicating with the athletes and keeping them, keeping them involved is one way that I help or I try to establish uh, relationships with my kids. Another element that I take into consideration when I'm trying to establish positive working relationships with my athletes is trust. Uh, now with, with the NCAA, we only have X amount of hours that we're able to spend with our athletes uh, in practice, uh, in the weight room things like that. So uh, when I'm not there with my kids, I trust that they're going to do the right thing and do what they're supposed to do, meaning that they're going to go to the weight room if I can't go and supervise for whatever reason. Or if um, if they're going to get to practice 15 or 20 minutes earlier uh, to warm up and do some of their uh, circuits before I get to practice. So right when I arrive we're able to start practicing immediately as opposed to waiting an extra 20 or 30 minutes before the athletes get warmed up and they're ready to go Uh, and i think that takes time and i think for for some athletes uh, to teach them uh, teaching trust and respect it's kind of difficult Uh, i think it's more of a lead by example type thing especially if there's upperclassmen on your team uh, that they're able to kind of set the tone establish that culture of, you know, this is how we do things here, this is what coach expects, uh, this is how, uh, this is what I expect of you as my teammate, so there's a sense of accountability there. Now this season, it's really interesting because right now I only have one athlete, and we've, this is our third season working together, um, so I trust the fact that he is going to do what, what he needs to when I'm not there. Um, our practices are a little shorter because it's only... Thrower, so we don't have to wait as much in between throws, um, or it's able we're able to uh, focus on more quality throws where we're not just throwing just to throw, but we're actually able to take our time, rest, recover properly, and just talk about other dynamics. Uh, is about throwing, but about life in general. So he's graduating, so uh, we spend a lot of time talking about life, and I think that's another thing too that some coaches might not feel comfortable talking about with their athletes. Uh, I'm pretty honest with my, my athletes, my college kids. I call them uh, right away. Uh, I have three three little guys, ages four, two, and five months. Uh, so they come to me they stay watch. I try and keep them involved with the, with the process as well so the athletes see that, you know, the coach's life isn't just about throwing. It should never be about just throwing. Uh, I think there's more to life uh, than just that uh, for the people that get so immersed into it that they don't have any other hobbies or I think that's that's very healthy all the time. So we do want our athletes to be balanced. Uh, participate in other clubs, extracurricular activities. Is there are other things to do on campus besides just throw or uh, be a member of, uh, of a sports team. Especially if you want to be involved in the bigger campus community as a whole. And I think you know, getting back to it, you know, communicating, trust, respect, like that all is kind of intertwined together. Uh, but it takes time. Practice. It's something that you have to work on. Uh, I don't expect that of my athletes right away. Uh, we talk about it. Uh, when I first started coaching at SUNY Fredonia, um, there's probably a lot of things. there's a, Actually, there are a lot of things that I wish I could go back and undo in regards to my expectations for, for the kids. Uh, we never really talked about that. I just assumed that they would be a practice, and that was it. And I didn't take into consideration having different classes or labs or study halls or or whatever else uh, that they have to worry about as a collegiate athlete. Um, And it it soured some relationships with my kids because I had the attitude of, well, if you're going to miss practice, you're going to miss X amount of practices, maybe you shouldn't compete this weekend, or maybe you should no longer be part of the team, where I do not take that approach anymore. I uh, try and work with the athletes, especially since I only have one right now, uh, to practice when it's convenient for him, uh, and it's convenient for me, so if I have to come uh, to practice on my lunch break, that's fine, like, that's not a problem uh, for me, as long as, as long as we're able to communicate that, and we're not taking advantage of that, uh, that's, that's okay, and I'm not sure how many other coaches would go to bat for the kids like that regards to uh, practices and schedules and, uh, and such things. And to wrap up here a little bit, there's a couple other um, facets of coaching that I've tried to employ the last couple couple of years and it's something that I really did when I was at um, Fredonia and it may be just because the athletes and I at Fredonia, we were really close in, in age, so we were almost peer-to-peer type of thing. Uh, but I liked I like incorporating some games and activities in the practice, uh, conversations, uh, purposeful conversations um, that we, we would have to kind of uh, break the walls down a little bit between athletes so they're able to see where people are coming from, uh, their background, their stories. Because with, with track, I mean, we bring a lot of different kids together from all over the state. Uh, so what might one may have experienced the other one you know is kind of oblivious to to those type of life circumstances Uh, so I know that um, John Gordon speaks to it Uh, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson they have a lot of different like trust activities or communication activities that they have their athletes participate in to kind of um, have people feel more comfortable vulnerable in front of their teammates, but on the other hand, they also feel comfortable sharing these stories because it helps bring people together. And one of my uh, former athletes, who's now a very successful coach at Texas, A&M Kingsville, uh, Tim Miller, he, he does that as well with his group of athletes, as they come together at the beginning of the semester uh, and another time midway through the season uh, and before the end of the season. So really... Uh, times a semester, and they have these types of activities where being down in Texas, he pulls kids from all over the place, uh, from different parts of uh, Texas and different parts of the region to throw, uh, where he's able to offer scholarships so he, might, he doesn't get a lot of, let's say, local talent. Um, and in conversations with him about it, he says that he, it's, it's brought the athletes closer together, and it's brought him closer to the athletes, uh, because, you know, when, when our athletes, to, to participate in the sport, we don't know what their background is for the most part. Uh, when I was teaching, I'm sure you know what the background is of, of your kids in the classroom, if they have special needs, or if they have an IEP, or if they have special behavior plans. Everyone's involved in the process, but once you get to the collegiate level, we're talking about athletics, uh, the different laws and rules and regulations, Know if I had an athlete who was special needs or had a learning disability or had any, any type of you know stuff happen in their life if they're not going to share it with me. And it's definitely not my place to pry and poke and ask questions about that, uh, but I try to make as, as comfortable in a relaxing environment as I can. That if my athletes do have concerns about something, if they feel comfortable asking me. And I do think that that's one of my strengths, um, for good or bad. I think over the years, I've probably learned more about my athletes than uh, one would wish to take credit for, or one would wish to acknowledge. Uh, Probably more things than our families know, their our best friends know, but but if I'm able to create a safe environment and establish that trust and respect uh, with my kids, that's the only person on campus that they feel comfortable talking to or with my high school kids I might be the only person that they feel comfortable talking to uh, they might not feel comfortable talking to their high school coaches or their families about something so I, at least I'm able to, to somewhat bridge a gap uh, for them which I don't mind doing uh, so I look at that as part of my role uh, if, um, you know I want to do what's best for, for my athletes whether they're our high school or collegiate uh, so, so I take that role very seriously, uh, but it really, it, it, it takes a lot of work. I don't think coaches can just walk in and all of a sudden they're going to immediately demand respect um, just because of who they are or the, the athletes that they've coached in the past. Like, I don't think that really works. Um, yeah, previous athlete successes is one thing, but I've already talked about that in another so um, so yeah, so coach-athlete relationships, really trust, respect, uh, empowerment, giving the athletes opportunities to, to make decisions for themselves and really working together. It's a partnership, it's a relationship um, that, you, that, that our athletes know that we're trying to do the best for them uh, and try and make the best uh, and healthiest decisions for them uh, with our roles as, as coaches.